We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. on and it's a Niners podcast and they're talking about uh, who they should pick with the 13th pick and midway through the podcast I'm listening I'm like holy shit I fucking heard the same thing like 30 times do you think other Sam do you think other people are listening to light years like oh my god they're talking about they're talking about who we're who who we're gonna trade for who we're gonna draft in the next month for the fucking 50th week in a row Uh, I'm starting I'm starting to feel that way I mean, considering I've only watched 10 minutes of Killian Hayes on YouTube, the fact that I could record like four hours of podcast material on him, I feel like I should get an award for that. There has to be. There has to be. We should be getting paid. We should be getting paid thousands of dollars. We should do like an OnlyFans. Actually, that's what Lightyear's premium is. That's what, that's what Lightyear's premium is for. Subscribe. I'm sorry. OnlyFans. <laughs> By the way, we've got a, that's why we brought in Dieter Kurt. What's up, man? OnlyFans expert Dieter Kurtenbach. Is that what I'm getting here? <laughs> the man who knows I'm, what's going on on all the OnlyFans going on around the, the I'm internet. happily engaged, which is why I'm an OnlyFans expert. <laughs> You're not supposed to become an OnlyFans expert until like year three of marriage. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I, I, have to, I have to get at it early. This is it's, it's problematic. It's problematic, especially now that I'm a broke boy. <laughs> Oh, so actually, if you want to talk about that, let's let's start there. So the Merck, uh, yeah. Let me get it right. Furlough. Yeah, yeah. Not as, not as fun as it sounds. So, how exactly does this work? What are they? They're doing just not. With the they're sports just, department. They're just not going to pay us for half of the month. So, uh, I, in my infinite wisdom, decided to uh, make my primary sources of income two companies that are basically. Uh, 
subject to the same car dealers putting out ads at KMBR and the Mercury News. And since no car dealer in their right mind is putting out an ad right now, uh, the ad revenue at both of those places has just gone into the crapper. And so considering that there's no sports to write about, they're like, well, uh, we got a big old budget shortfall and uh, this entire department doesn't really have anything to do, at least doesn't have anything to do you know, as much as they did. So they, they decided basically to just give us 50% of our, our pay. For, I feel like, yeah. and I feel like that's, um, I, I was getting fed up over this weekend when I, you know, the, the thing that's great. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I have a short trigger. You're right, Andy. Um, <laughs> what I was going to say is, uh, you know, Twitter's great for like connecting you with people. Like I didn't know Andy if it wasn't for social media. Right. So that's great. But on the flip side, there's like a performative element to it, which during just a certain bit. can be just so annoying. And so I just kind of lost my mind when I'm watching people being like, they're more important things than sports. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm aware you don't need yeah. to preface everything you say, but like you're really leaving out like just the, the volume of people who's just ability to earn an income right. is related to the simple fact that people pay money to watch these games. hundred percent. I mean, it, listen, I, I'm not, I'm in no way uh, feeling sorry for myself. I've been very lucky and I'm in a stable position and like, uh, if it came down to like layoffs or, or, you know, a couple of people taking a furlough, I would have just taken the furlough as to, you know, help, help somebody else out. We didn't get that choice, but, um, and honestly, I'd probably only been writing about two or three days a week anyway. So the system just caught up to me, but, um, it's, yeah, it's wild. I mean, it, it, it's readily apparent now how artificial all of this stuff is and also how incredible it is. Like you created this, this stupid game. It doesn't matter which one it is. I mean, even right. hockey is a multi-billion-dollar industry. It's like that—that's just incredible. So, um, but yeah, it, it all feels very fleeting yeah. right now. It was, the, it was the first thing that really needed to go because twenty thousand people in one place is stupid. But it'll probably be the last thing to come back. And um, when you got billions of dollars tied up in something, that means that there's a lot of jobs on the line, not just the stadium concession workers, but also you know schmucks like me. But I've been living easy for so long. If I were to complain and, now, that'd be really rude. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, I mean, it's just, we all go to games. How many businesses in like the eight block vicinity right. of like AT&T Park or what, what are they calling now? Like Oracle Park. Oracle Park, Park yeah. Um, are their dependence is on the existence of like 80 times a year. Right. 40,000 people are going to take over this area of the city and they're all going to want to eat food or buy a t-shirt or something yeah. like that. Like it really... It's it's a jobs creator in a way that like doesn't get credit for yeah. it, and it's like we we all talk about like the community aspect and everything, but it's like right. no, there's literally millions upon millions of people in America whose livelihood is tied to the fact that like we all like to do this one thing, which is you know watch a basketball game, baseball game, football game, whatever. We're really lucky that we live in like a, a real city. Um, and I'm not going to feel bad for saying that like San Francisco is a real city. I mean, even Oakland's a real city. San Jose in parts is a real city. Uh, they're not these sort of exurban centers that uh, people come to for eight, nine hours a day and then leave and, and abandon. But like most cities in the United States are like that where there's just nothing going on at night. Um, and I was just in Sacramento, like when I was coming back from, uh, I was up in Tahoe right before everything like got you know, right. got shut down. I'm coming. I had to stay in Sacramento for the night just because stuff. And uh, it's wild how that one arena, like it, it's clear the entire downtown of Sacramento revolves around that arena functioning. 
And so and it was just so reminiscent of like so many other markets, like downtown Kansas City. They don't even have a team, but that arena like totally holds up the entirety of downtown Kansas City. And so um, it doesn't mean that I think that, you know, uh, the billionaire shouldn't be paying for their own stadiums, but it, it does highlight the argument that, you know, so many have made when it comes to the stadium and the teams being, you know, a, basically a public commodity and that it, like, yeah, it's wild how much uh, money can be made for everybody off of, off of these completely artificial and nonsensical meetings of men to play sport games. Um, I mean, you covered, you covered yeah. Cleveland or in Oklahoma city, those playoff series. It's similar to, there's nothing going on there. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it, they're, they're dead towns. And I, I read a really good book on Oklahoma city called boomtown. And, uh, they obviously it's like Oklahoma City, like they know that they don't really have anything unless they have a pro sports team. That's actually on my. That's actually on my short list of things really. I really do recommend it. it. It's it's fascinating. Uh, and if you've seen Tiger King, it only adds context. But um, it's <laughs> I'm uh, halfway through it. Yeah, it's it only gets worse. Uh, you're rooting for the virus by the end of it. Uh, it's <laughs> it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Some of these towns. I mean, they just have no business being like major pretending that they're like some sort of a major city. And I think we'll get into this a little bit later, like the disparity in markets, uh, the disparity in the amount of revenue that a lot of these NBA teams make. I mean, it's it's glaring. I mean, the Warriors are making 5X, 6X, what other, other markets are making. And I, I don't know, you know, if it will affect every market in the same way, this, this COVID-19 downturn. But I, I can't imagine when you have half of the league already in the red that this is – this is good for overall business. So yep. let's let's pivot there to the Warriors because I was reading um, Anthony Slater's piece yeah. today, and he kind of noted um, what they're good. The season's not going to resume, uh, no. even if it does. They won't get games with fans, so that's not about just. that's seven seven home games the Warriors are missing, and it was they're estimating twenty five million in lost gates for those games. And yeah. my first thought was like, yeah, oh, that's less than I expected, <laughs> which kind of speaks to. Yeah, just the gaudiness that is Chase at this point, but but you you talked about like all the stuff around the the right the stadium, like none of that stuff has really become fully actualized. I think they have like one restaurant ready to go. I mean, it, as no, much it's as, a lot of coming in twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one times. Yeah, and like so they they were expecting to make between four and five billion or million dollars a a, a game. Um, they haven't right. gotten to that point yet. It's probably going to be on the lower end of that, but like they'll get above four million, or they should have gotten above four million had things sort of stayed on track. But um, I mean, they're still playing with house money. I mean, they, they're the first team to ever do a PSL for a, a basketball, you know, arena. Like they got all those people locked in long term, so they'll be okay revenue wise, all things considered. Thank God they got their stadium built <laughs> this past year because there'd be no way in hell that they'd be. No matter, it like it's. I didn't even think about, but what about all those? Because um, they're packing concerts in that place. I mean, yeah, literally, people I thought hadn't had been retired for twenty years are going on tour to chase. But, uh, <laughs> but they got like, uh, I mean, they're. I, I don't know what those gates probably aren't as high as the Warriors, but it's still. No, that's. Money. I mean, that's that's the that's the real money maker for them, right? Like that. That's where Lakeup and, and Gruber like really separate themselves from the pack because that's their building. So you pay to use their building. You can basically call it whatever you want. Uh, there's no competition because SAP Center in San Jose just doesn't doesn't really sure. uh, excite anybody anymore because it has you know, like 
It's 30 years old. Glass blocks everywhere. Like it looks like a, a weird Coke den in the 1980s. Like it's not, <laughs> it's a fun place to see a hockey game, Sam's but like not, not, not a lot of amenities, not like the full chase center experience or whatever. There's no bunkers. So um, that's where they were really raking it because they were just going to have that place full, like 300 something nights a year. Yeah. Every, and, every, every weekend. And so even if those concerts are only bringing in like a million, two million, like that shit adds up real fast. Only. Yeah. Only I know. Right. But like, yeah. And, I, and you guys, you guys are Bay Area guys. Like you've been to a concert at Oracle. Holy shit! I right. mean, they didn't even own it, but it's also the worst concert venue I've ever been to. What made it great for basketball is what made it terrible for concerts because it kept all the noise down and it like reverberated it. And it's like I'm trying to listen to music here, and all I'm hearing is just the reverb. It's uh, it's I, I haven't been to a concert there yet. I'm sure that Andy's been to a concert there. Yeah, Andy, you tell us how was what the, do you think? How's Chase concerts? Chase, uh, it's loud. It is. I love it. That's I thought awesome. it was good. I'm not. I'm not an arena uh, concert guy though. Like I right. love, for example, like I love. Welcome, welcome to your 30s. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I just don't like. Well, yeah, and it's like. Well, I feel like some people like it because you can sit. It's just it's more places to sit. I like to be on the floor. That's your um, 50s. Or I, <laughs> I just like to have the option, you know. At Bill Graham, sure. you can you can be on the floor or you can walk up and sit in a seat. Yeah. Chase Chase is also well. This is now in the nitpicking, but like Chase is also bad because it's like if you like, let's say you want to buy a seat mm-hmm. and other people want to go last second, you can't get it. You can't get it and sit in the same area. Area, right? You're gonna it's have to, not GA. Yeah. Anyway, it's just it's just I just whine about these things. But the, but acoustic, it is fucking the acoustics gorgeous. and stuff were great though, right? Oh, it is incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. I saw a couple yeah. EDM shows, obviously, but it was just. I just the Obviously. visuals are yeah the visuals are great they got the fireworks in there it's just like woo. um so they're gonna, yeah, they, they're gonna need all of those and a little <laughs> bit more just to break even off of this nonsense they're gonna be throwing Monday Tuesday Wednesday concerts they're uh, gonna be throwing post game concerts with <laughs> Flo Rida just trying to get fifty k out of this emailing season ticket holders the game starting at five because they want to clear <laughs> the house by eight <laughs> by the way all this all this just to say that if Joe Lake Cup doesn't pay the tax for that. Uh, trade exception, right? Uh, it's bullshit. Oh, 100%. with regardless of any of any of the whatever money that he's not going to make here, he that's this he ha- they have to use that thing. They have to use that thing, and they have to get someone that matters. They built a giant ATM, and yeah, like they're not getting as much money as they thought they would. Like they're still again like four or five times better off than most. Uh, I don't know what the debt is like on the stadium. Uh, I haven't heard anyone talk about it, so I can't imagine it's like some sort of really, you know, weighing them down situation. So, I mean, if you can't see the long-term play of getting this team back into championship contention, and if you don't spend this, I think you have a much harder time arguing that this team is in championship contention, even though it's kind of a middle middle ground player. Like, you need as many pieces as you could get. Like, if you don't spend this money, now you're, you're just being a broke boy. And uh, really what separates the good from the great outside of having a, a truly transcendent player who's like, you know, truly transcendent wing, actually, who's like 26. Um, outside of that, like, it's teams that just want to spend money. Uh, that, that's what kind of, you know, separates everybody Ooh, else. So actually, I, I expect Joe Lacob to do it, though. I, I, You know, I was talking to Sam this morning, and that's actually the thing I was uh, we, I was saying, because like, I was like, the Warriors are kind of veering into that realm as a franchise where I don't think that they're the smartest franchise anymore. I think they right. were there for a while. Don't yeah. think they're there anymore, but they still got great players. Um, yeah. But I think at this point, you their, their plan now, they should just outspend people. Like, that. that's what they have yeah. to do to win a championship. That's their market and, advantage. It, it, and... and in order to do that, I mean, they've got options. I mean, they got the first round pick. They're going to have to pay for that. I mean, they, they could trade it, I guess. 
but then you got the tax. Someone would level. have to give you something worthwhile to trade. Yep. It. I mean, you could yeah. trade that with the tr- you know player exception. But yeah, the player exception is the big one because that's seventeen million, and they're not just paying the guy you know seventeen million. That's <laughs> a lot of tax right. Money. Yeah, it's like thirty five or something. Uh, a lot of tax money for Ricky Rubio. Uh, but you know, actually, who do you think you read the list? You read Slater's list. Yeah, I have I, my favorite, but who do, who do you like? I mean, I, I, I let me think, let me back this up real quick. Sorry. The list was uh, Marcus Smart, yeah. Yeah, Robert Covington, Robert and, Covington, um, and Josh Richardson were Josh, like clearly the three best names on the list. Actually, the one that I liked the most, and I'm surprised that it was on this list because I just don't see him really as available, was Kelly Oubre. Oh, yeah. I actually missed that one. Um, yeah, he was at six. And then, like, Aaron Gordon's at eight, Rudy Gay's at nine. And then uh, he threw an Andre Iguodala for good measure. Do you know, I we think... saw Kelly Oubre once punch his own guard in the head. Oh, but he had an excellent season. Yeah, this he's, season. he's a fancy boy. Don't don't get me yeah, wrong. There's like something that's just, like, uh, inherently unsettling about Kelly Oubre. <laughs> but uh, the dude can ball. Like, in terms of, like, a role player with a little bit of something extra, like, I, I really... I really think that he's good. Like, I think he's a good basketball player, and he's ha- he's I think he's a, a winner really, too. Even he's though he's had a good sun. season. Um, I think the the logic to him is he has a two year deal. So yeah, if Phoenix gets wind of the fact that he's not resigning, they might as well just dump him for a pick. Yeah, that would be the only reason they would um, entertain that. Yeah, but I mean, we're we're entering. <laughs> I guess this let's let's tie this back to the main thing, which is. We, we got to get the broke boy owner rankings. Who's <laughs> going to be most likely to sell? Because in some ways, the Warriors, if they really do have the appetite to just kind of stomach a year of, I don't want to call them financial. Well, they are financial losses. Yeah, they're big losses. Yeah. Um, they still have more capital to eat salary and pay tax than certain owners who maybe just don't have the revenue streams and, and money they have. Well, number one on the list is is our broke boy Tillman, who um, I guess that book wasn't selling as, as well as he thought Incredible. it would. Incredible! Just um, was it shut up and listen? Shut up and listen. Here are some <laughs> lessons on how to do good in business. Apparently, the way to do good in business is to basically take out payday loans to keep all of your companies afloat. Like uh, he's yeah he he's in deep trouble, and uh, he, who he let re- him he, buy a team? Well, uh, yeah, Adam, Sil- the Adam Silver was derelict. The 29 other owners who saw an easy mark. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty like, much. Wow, Houston's, Houston's good. This guy's going to ruin him and make it better for well, him. Well, here's I the mean, thing. I don't know who he would be able to sell to. Like, okay, local Houston businessman, you would think, oh, well, there's got to be a couple guys with a couple of billion dollars laying around. I mean, there's big oil money there. The problem is oil. What's oil going for? I mean, gas is at like less than a dollar in New Orleans right Whoever's now. The oil market it. completely catered out. So you got a double recession going on in the Gulf. And... uh Secondly, if you paid two billion to buy an NBA franchise, you're absolutely not selling it for half of that. Here's here's the wild part about Tillman, right? Like, okay, so he bought the team um, using more than half uh, of the money came from him just like taking out like debt. (laughs) He just he just took out debt to do it, and he sold it at six and seven percent respectively, and he owes all that back. uh, I believe in the next year. Uh, so he's, he is deeply, he's a deeply risk taker. Yeah. Well, he, uh, I think there's a better word for that and it's fucked. Uh, he is deeply <laughs> fucked. Uh, but, 
Uh, and I think he's going to do another round of that again uh, because what what else are you going to do? You yeah, might as well quadruple do? yeah. down. Just, just push it down the road. I'll pay what you he back could later. do. What he could do is get over his pride. He refuses to sell any portion of the team. He owns it 100%, even though technically Ooh. he only owns about half of it because, again, debt notes. But he refuses to sell even a partial share of the team. And it's like totally ludicrous that this guy owns 100% of this franchise off of like pride standards, whereas he could sell 49%, raise a whole ton of money. Now, probably not now, because I don't know who's in the market for an NBA team now, but you never know. Um, maybe the owner of Zoom. And like, he oh, can no. he, he can raise some capital. So like, I, but he refuses to do it because he's just, he's very proud. And like, I... I don't know how Adam Silver broaches that conversation because clearly he was too afraid to well, and, be and like, hey, a, do you have any money at the beginning From a of business it? standpoint, also selling it now is not a good move. No. Yeah. If you, can, if you can hold your losses until it's a better time to sell, it's just unclear that he can. I mean, I, I guess he'll be fine, you know, look overall, but, you know, who won't be fine is them having, having to fucking... Daryl Morey having to flip guys because he's not going to want to pay the tax. He's not going to want to pay anything. So they're going to yeah. have to move players. And that's where like someone like Robert Covington makes the list. Because right. if you're Daryl Morey, you're never, ever trading Robert Covington to the Warriors. But right. it's not like he wanted Russell Westbrook. Well, like, I think wanted- I think I think there's also a, f- a fun uh, a-, a fun exercise there where we pretend that Daryl Morey is still going to have a job at the end of that- this year. <laughs> Which I mean, the yeah. guy's. Great. I'm a fan, right? Like I'm a huge Daryl Morey guy. Yeah, how could he not be? And that's. I mean, if he made it to the Warriors somehow, that'd be. Maybe we <laughs> can put some. Maybe we can. I, I, I kind of feel like he can get the top job at like 26 NBA teams that he's not going to oh, take. Yeah. Being Don't Bob's bust number my dream, one assistant, man. <laughs> the Warriors need help in the front office anyway. I'm sick of the Lakers. Just throw <laughs> throw Morey in there. You know. Ugh. A uh, couple of the other broke owners, by the way, just going down the list here. Clay Bennett's got to be up there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, the, the, always, always. The one that we're not actually taking into account right now, and I think that we really need to bring up, is uh, Mickey Arison, the owner mm. of the Heat, because he oh, owns car- he owns Carnival yeah, Cruise Lines. Carno- yeah. <laughs> he is he is not in a good situation. Uh, Robert Perra, the owner of the Grizzlies, like, I don't know how much He's money he actually... He's been kind of trying to sell the team for a a while yeah it's been it's been subtle like stan Kroenke is already like spending extra billion like he's got money coming out of his ears but like he doesn't spend it and so like the denver nuggets are definitely going to be uh on the wrong side of of that equation just because the the ram situation looks really bad like the stadium's not going to get finished he's already at like almost 3x the budget of that it's uh I can't imagine good things are happening for the Nuggets. And then Dan Gilbert, who... And they're uh, going to accrue a bunch of costs with construction being shut down, too. So. For sure. And then Dan Gilbert, who like basically owns all downtown Detroit and uh, and Quicken Loans. like can't imagine he's going to be in that good of a situation. Unfortunately, they don't have a single player I would be interested in. <laughs> like I'm really trying to think. The Mickey, anyone... Ar- the Mickey Arison one is interesting. The Mickey Because the Heat obviously have a ton of great players that uh, would be interested. Now, I think that he's in a position where he made so much money for so long and that the heat are, uh, they're not like wild spenders or anything, uh, right. but it might stop them from being like hyper aggressive going forward. They might just stand pat as opposed to like going for Giannis if he hits the market. Well, they're, they're also, so you, you hear their name every time people talk about Giannis as being on the short list. And that's right. because all their contracts aspire at the end of next year. And they've made like a very aggressive effort to kind of be like, 
when 2021 free agency hits, we're going to be able to sell Giannis that, you know, Hey, we got Jimmy Butler. We got like five rookie contract guys who are productive, like Tyler Hero and whoever, and, and Bam Adebayo. And who's awesome. He is awesome. And then, and then, you know, you could come in. So we're, they're trying to do the kind of Clippers, like what the Clippers did last off season, which is like, we have this nice, like foundation and we just need a guy. It's a great model. I mean, I, I'd be all in if I'm Giannis. I mean, let's also talk. I don't know what the Bucks are going to be able to do. Like, I guess they got that new arena. I, I don't know what kind of money that's bringing in for them, but uh, uh, they've already well, seemed and that, and reluctant the, to pay the luxury tax before. Yep. That's the other part of it. We talk about, um, I mean, the Bay Area, like everyone's getting hit hard for sure. by, by COVID-19, but like the Bay Area is a market that has just a lot of wealth. For sure. So they're going to be better situated to have quote unquote high rollers still buy season tickets. Yeah. Whereas and especially like, considering I don't, I don't know how well who, we've been handling it by all accounts. Yeah. Like I mean, Milwaukee. Um, yeah. They might have to, whatever they wanted to charge for season tickets, they might have to slash that a little more aggressively than let's say Joe Lacob does next year. Well, Joe Lacob, Joe Lacob's got these people locked in. I mean, that's the other that's the other perk. Like, he, he, you're on the hook, much like the he Niners. Pulled the with, Santa Clara, yeah. He pulled the Santa Clara move. Yeah, like you, you can't get out of that, man. You signed a contract. Joe Lacob's getting his money. I don't know where, <laughs> where your mortgage is going to go or anything like that, but Joe Lacob's getting his, and he, he's got he's got goons who will come and get it from you. <laughs> the guy is a goon. He, so the um, do you want to? I mean, what other owners we got before I talk about the players themselves? Steve Ballmer looks like he'll survive anything that'll ever happen in the Yeah, Ballmer's good. Ballmer's flush. Michael Jordan. <laughs> what about the Lakers? Um, the Bus family, yeah, they're in, they're in trouble. They're That's not, but that brand prints money. So Yeah, I, I think that they're in, they're in good standing. I don't know. I mean, I, I would imagine that the last couple of years had been rough. Um, probably can't be great that, uh, that they might not have a playoffs this year. <laughs> They won't get all that playoff money and who knows championship T-shirt money and all that stuff. But uh, what a time! What a time to be a Laker fan for you to be the favorite this year to win. What a shitty just, year to be a Laker fan. Ooh, just oh my god! I get. I guess if you're the yeah, it sucks to be it the would Clippers have been too. A non-authent- it would have been a, uh, a not a real title anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. That even if they do play this thing, I mean, can you really look at this this postseason and be like, all right, they're playing in front of empty people. Everybody's rusty. Nobody yeah. has a basketball court. Stuff Curry doesn't have a gym. So it's like even the best players in the world can't even practice basketball basketball right now and it's like it's like what kind of postseason is that gonna like what what are we even doing it's gonna here? look like know. the it's gonna look like the 90s all over again <laughs> you you think they're gonna cancel this thing right like you think that's, I, th- that's I think the, i think that they're holding well, for dear uh, i'll say this baxter holmes had something today just maybe an hour or so ago on espn saying that the nba is looking into getting like near immediate covid19 tests mm. so if they can get that and they can get that at such quantities as to one, I don't know, help the entire country, and two, uh, get everybody to Las Vegas so they can play basketball. Like, then you're probably you, you might be able to pull this off in a couple. You of can months. at least do a summer tournament, right? Type of thing you Whatever. can do. You can do a closed stadium, ba- yeah, playoffs. How one you after the other after the other means is is up to you. But yeah, yeah, you can at least pull it off. I think I think they could, but like that that is incumbent on them actually getting those tests. Uh, it's incumbent on them being able to. I, I imagine they'd be able to get an entire hotel in Vegas right now. Like I, I doubt there are people just going into Vegas, so uh, uh, probably in good situation there. But like you have to be able to create a bubble. And as much as you go, like oh, just put everybody in you know one area. Well, we saw with Rudy Gobert, if one guy gets it, 
then the entire thing has to get shut down for two weeks minimum. Or you and have I think to- that's probably right. the most likely scenario, right? Like they'll right. they'll get it up and running, but all it takes is all it takes is one. Yeah, unless you unless Robert you have Covington on the Rockets, and then all of a sudden the Rockets and uh, Clippers who are playing each right. other in quarantine. Right, and then I guess we you just you just wait for two weeks. Like you can't you, you can't afford to screw it up. So the testing is really the only way to do it, uh, to where then you could get it. You know, get that one person quarantined, or get anybody who's then been in contact and tested positive quarantined. But I, I don't think we're there, and I don't think we're going to get there in the next couple of weeks. And if we're not there in the next couple of weeks. Man, we're we're almost at the beginning of the next season at that juncture, yeah. and so yeah, I say I you just got to scrap it. You just got to put a, a little asterisk on why it was canceled, and you start from scratch the next year. But um, God, they're gonna try. They're gonna try. I can't blame them for trying. Like this is the way that right. the entire goddamn thing makes money and closed door <laughs> games. At least was we'll it, get some of that, that ESPN cash. The only one cash. who watched WrestleMania yesterday. Yeah, I didn't watch it. I, I saw some clips though, and it was weird. That's all I was gonna get at. So I'm not a wrestling guy. But I was just so starved for any yeah. sort of live variation of sports <laughs> contact right. co- or content. Um, and it was weird. It yeah. was very weird to watch in a closed gym. I, maybe I'll think it's less weird if it's NBA players and that. I'll, I'll view it as like a very fancy practice. Right. But I think, um, I think basketball would probably work better than most sports um, in, in terms of uh, closed stadium situations just because there's so much like Which natural of the major sports is worst baseball football no, football, <laughs> football. football has got to be football 50 plus guys touching oh no other. i'm not talking about from a te- like a from like a from like a television from a t- television yeah. <laughs> football point of view well, football is obviously the hardest in terms of just like it, way too many people hockey well, adrenaline football is adrenaline right so that that's got to be a baseball hockey so- you know what i think hockey might be the worst like baseball you play a lot of games in front of no crowds yeah, like, nobody watches but, hockey. Come on. No, but like I'm telling you, like hockey, like when or you're if there, is you watch all you play other games from no one. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like like baseball, I think that there's there's something to that. Like it's still going to be eerie. You're not going to have like people getting excited when there's two strikes and two outs or anything like that. But like I don't know. There's a lot of times during a baseball game, probably the majority of the game, people are just sitting around not do, doing anything. Right, right. Whereas in basketball, there's you know oohs and ahs and it, it's nothing, but it's at least a little bit. Bo- bit more active but i think there's so much inherent like actual natural noise from the game of basketball that you're okay like the ball is always hitting the floor you got sneakers squeaking you it's, got it's draymond putting everybody on a yeah, 10 it's a shame we don't get draymond yeah in like, situation. <laughs> like maybe maybe this will be the thing that per, that forces the warriors to finally trade draymond it wasn't the shooting it wasn't the body falling apart it's that the public needs draymond so that we can put nba games on a 30 second delay uh in a closed stadium in las vegas as he shows up maybe a little bit out of shape shocking uh for we'll, we'll get into the the financial more of the financial stuff let me do it bet online bet online so no current no current nba hockey or baseball you might think there's nothing to bet on you'd be wrong our exclusive partner betonline.ag still has hundreds of sports events and games to wager on i was just betting this weekend on the nba 2k uh tourney uh pretty pretty awful uh, you bet stuff. you bet against kd i know but, you. yeah no no shit um or <laughs> let them and i won or let them bring vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack all open 24 hours a day and all online including their seven hundred fifty thousand dollar poker series if you're into props and entertainment betting you can still bet on survivor big brother american idol stock prices even the weather uh the challenges came out last week and bet on that uh visit their website join today to receive a hundred percent welcome bonus with your first deposit 
deposit. Be, be sure to use their promo code uh, or our po- promo code, Blue Wire. Bet online, your online wagering expert. Sam, the thing with the uh, the thing with the NBA 2K is you got to figure out like mostly young guys. I think are going to be pretty good, and then guys, just, right. guys who don't have a girlfriend, like or, or they like have a girlfriend, and that's you know they're, they don't want to deal. <laughs> or with Or they've them. had a girlfriend for too long. Yeah, yeah. Like, yes. Jamal Murray, for example, the like, only fan segment of the population. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you can tell if they if they have the gamer set up like Devin Booker. I'm like, okay, right. you better be good, or yeah. or they're going one of two ways. Um, actually, we got a question here, which I think is an interesting one. I want to read it to you guys. This is I'm pivoting us to the draft, real quick. Yeah. From at MP3 Coog, what prospect is at the top of each person's big board? So I'm going to start reading. We're, we're going to start at the beginning here. Yeah, who do you think is Steph's favorite prospect? probably edwards but i can see him being down with weissman really just in like just in the pick and roll game right if if you invest like right like think about how much yes the warriors offense is this free-flowing thing and five guys in and out and everybody's moving and back picks and all that stuff but like if you invest in a center for the first time ever you just have to run one five pick and roll and Steph has yeah, somewhat clamored for some some pick and roll. <laughs> Steph knows Steph knows how many assists he leaves on the table because he doesn't <laughs> like other than Javale for right. a, a year and a which he know, got ten, he got ten minutes a game of exactly ten minutes a game. He like he he's watching like Harden get like nine assists just because Capella right. can finish a lob. Right. I, I Listen, I, I don't think there are any good players in this draft. I think that's my official stance. Like, all these guys suck, and uh, none of them are going to help anybody anytime soon. Edwards probably stands the best chance. But, like, I don't know. Steph's just thinking about how to get his. Like, I'd want a five. See, I'm thinking Steph's thinking about getting his, but he's like, trade this for anyone who <laughs> yeah. can play. Like, he's, he's I will thinking... take the eighth man on any team right now. Yeah, he's, he's thinking, he's thinking um, yes, I'll take a... Uh, a Kelly Oubre for the number one pick. Oh my overall. God, Kelly Oubre! If you put Kelly Oubre in this draft off of some weird quirk, like the Suns forgot to pay him and then like registered him as a rookie. And uh, by the way, Robert Sarver, uh, excellent broke boy. I was owner. just gonna say, yeah, uh, <laughs> like top, top five right broke there. boy, right top five there. broke boy, no question. Uh, uh, like if he somehow entered this draft, he would go number one, and then like the team that went number two would be like, can we also get a share of that Kelly Oubre because we don't want any of these other dudes. Big, big. I was, I was, we were on the last podcast with uh, Sam Vecini and he yeah. mentioned Marcus Smart. That's probably my number one option. I'd probably, I'd have him. Uh, I get it. It's basically just a small Draymond. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's perfect. That's just, I love Draymond. We love Draymond. Yeah. I just another one. Another I one. Mean, I Andy, six- Andy's dream is essentially four Draymonds around Steph Curry. <laughs> just, <I'm>, just, <laughs> just, just an army of offensive thuggery. linemen who knew how to shovel passes to him. <laughs> How many dribble handoffs can happen on one possession? We're about to find out. <laughs> every every time someone's close to getting pissed at Steph because he's showboating too much, that's when the Marcus Smart and Draymond Greens come in. That that's that's the job. Listen, and, you, you are not going to get me to say a bad word about uh, about Draymond Green. I, I I think probably higher Draymond Green than yeah. than most, but uh, I don't know if we can emotionally handle bringing in another 
terrible shooter. Like the dude has a 48% effective field goal percentage. Like I know he's a feisty defender. I don't even know if he's a great Just defender. Sam everything. has a bet. Do we think he gets over 30% next season? <laughs> Though 30, was it 31, Sam, that you had with Drew Schiller? Was it oh, this is easy money. Drew Schiller bet me 33.3% for Draymond, for Draymond Green. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, can we, can we put more money on this? I'm about to lose a bunch of money with like furlough and stuff too. So let me, let me, Sam's, let me try Sam's to taking Drew's offers. mortgage. Uh, Portrait is going to have to start pulling double shifts at NBC Sports. She was about to send me a picture of his uh, his beautiful child, and I'm going to be like, "All right, we can we can loan." I'll feel. Bad. I'm doing doing sideline at St. Mary's games next year because I lost this bet. Um, I think Drew does watch St. Mary's games actually, and you. I'm sure he does. He, he's a bas- he's a basketball big junkie. Frankie Ferrari fan. I'm sure he is. <laughs> That's uh, USF, baby. I know USF. Let's let's oh. get to the on the Marcus Smart topic. I need yeah. Dieter's thoughts. Do him and Draymond love each other or hate each other? Because <laughs> well, it's, that it's, relationship's <laughs> going one one of the other ways. So they're going to be like best friends, or they're going to actually fight. Dude, they would start thick as thieves, and by December, someone's getting punched. Like there's just no two ways about it. Like those dudes, I just can't imagine them like functioning together. That said, it could go the other way where they start off really contentious where Draymond's like, this guy's coming from my spot. Like, I'm the only Draymond here. And then <laughs> the suddenly they're just like two peas in a pod. But th- there's no way that it, it you're, you're right. Like, there's no way that there's just any sort of like, I don't, I don't know how they feel about each other going on with that relationship. But I do think that it would have to change with familiarity. Ah, you, sure guys are, you guys are too pessimistic. Those guys are built to play with each other. I've never seen two two guys. But you're ever right. Before. You gotta you no, gotta acknowledge there will be at least one rocky point where see. Here's the thing: the other one's trying to but, like screw him over. But here's the thing: I don't think that. But, <laughs> no, no, what's gonna ha- you know what's gonna actually happen is they're both gonna recognize their own game in each other and then project all of their insecurities onto the other one. Like Draymond's just gonna be bitching at Marcus Smart for being a bad three point shooter, and Marcus Smart's gonna be bitching at Draymond at for Smart his body breaking him. down. <laughs> Well, here's yeah, it's like the hero and the villain thing where they do in those super movie, uh, superhero movies yeah. where it's like you're the same guy. Here's the thing, I do think that they're not like, like I think with Draymond and KD, I think with KD, he's just he's just too sensitive and right. it just got to him. I think with Draymond it's smart. I think they can get into fights and it it still work. I think it could still like I I think they're they're both stubborn and, and kind of like hard like they, enough they to knock just each like, other out and then like two days later yeah. it's like hey yeah sorry about that man it, I, think, I don't that's even think that's that, who they I are. just think it would be unstated understanding like this is how it goes like we don't even need to apologize <laughs> Steph and Clay are just standing there like Jesus as long as you guys rebound and play defense like that's all I, I mean that's an edge right I, I just I like the edge part like I I would trade I was saying in the last pod you can't just do the exception for Marcus Smart or, or any of these guys. I'd probably do the pick and the and the exception for Marcus Smart. That's I w- I'd do it just because I think I'd rather have Richardson th- in that. But I, I'm I'm with you. Yeah. Like I think Anthony probably has the right order here. Uh, I, I, and listen, me being so out on all these 2020 prospects, like yeah, fine, I don't care. Like if you need to use the exception and the first round pick, just do it. Who gives a shit? No one. Not even I, you. Can't even talk yourself into like. Don't overthink this. <laughs> I Next was one. Throw a name out there. Which prospect do you think Steve Kerr likes the most? Oh, oh who's the best? I have of, like back picks. <laughs> it's clearly going to be Okoro or Halliburton. Yes. Oh, it's Halliburton. There's no question. Yeah, it's Halliburton. It's, it's just so what's so much high IQ, low <laughs> use, low usage IQ. Just like what's eight eight four and four, but like but a big impact. 
Which one of them could like develop uh, Sean Livingston thirteen foot fadeaway? Uh, Which one can shoot? One of them can shoot. Which one is it? Halliburton is okay. So he's shot forty percent from three yeah, the last two the years. Yep. But you watch the form, and it's like it's like that Lonzo. Th- I mean, his form is oh, different. Yeah, yeah. But where you watch it, you're like, I just don't see that going in at a high clip. He's a sophomore, so he's gotten a little bit of time. Um, yeah, but I, I, everything else about his game is like. I mean, he's a good player. There's no so, way around so it. So this year he played 36 minutes a game. He shot 50% from the field, 41%, 42% from three, made 82% of his free throws. I mean, that's really good. Six rebounds, six and a half assists, nearly a block, two and a half steals a game, wow. only only 1.3 fouls per game. Yeah, I mean, that's... And that's, just just watch some film on him and yeah. tell me he's not a Warrior player. Yeah, he's, he just he's he's he looks like a pro. Like, he's got that... Um, He's he's got that Livingston Iguodala better than the numbers indicate type of presence when he plays. Yeah, how's his um, how's his ball handling in your estimation? Because I do think that they're going to want a secondary ball handler for the second unit, and uh, he's not a good pick and roll player, so he'll fit in perfectly. <laughs> he's one of those he's one of those guys who's more IQ than handle. Like he, oh, oh, then, he's not like a bad ball handler, but he <laughs> he functions off the fact that he passes it before you realize he can't. Like, how did you, know, you consider shake. another prospect for Steve Kerr when you just stated that <laughs> sentence? I bet you they take. I bet you if long, if for some reason they fought. Akoro's like got Akoro's got some of the same similarities where yeah. you're just like, yeah. he's he's gritty defense. He, he's got like Marcus Smart even all characteristics to him. Gritty, yeah. That's what Steve Kerr is really looking for. Deceptive athleticism and grittiness. He, he would take <laughs> he's a, would No, he's probably... not a deceptive athlete. <laughs> he's an athlete. But uh, no, I yeah. think both of these guys are, right? Both, both. You're not going, you're not going at the high end of the draft unless you got like stupid spark scores. Yeah. Um, they're, um, they both fall into the Livingston Iguodala um, nerds geek out about their intangible impact st- plays. Well, the thing is, like, you think about – I don't think that they're going to go anywhere with the five. I mean, they might add somebody, but it, they've pretty much proven over the Kerr era that they're not going to invest in that position in any sort of serious also, way. Kerr, Which is the Kerr's, right kind of, Kerr's kind of said, like, he wants to add a vet five to what yeah. they have instead of, like – I mean, do we really need to develop Wiseman, Smilagich, no. Marquis Chris – Looney playing ten minutes a game because his hips don't work. Yeah, the whole like, the whole thing is you want a guy who's going to play like a max of fifteen minutes so that you can mix and match lineups. It's like the keystone of of the five man unit is is the center. If you want it to be you know more defensive, you go with a bogut. Like I think they need a rim protecting five that you, you get on the cheap. I mean, Javale would probably have been a, a great you know option, but alas, Aaron Baines. Are. Would right, like oh, well, Aaron. Here's the oh. thing: I don't know if Aaron Baines is in their price range anymore. Right, that, exactly. That dude's knocking down threes left and right. Well, but. not not with the with the salary cap going down. Everybody's in their price range. Sar- Sarver's going to be like, "No, nah, you're not keeping him. We got DeAndre Ayton." <laughs> well, that's yeah. fair. That's fair because Ayton's much much better than Aiton's. most of these guys. That, that awesome. might get like eight ten million. Might just get the mid level exception. Although although yeah. I guess the Warriors only have five million. So. But I mean, that's another thing that's going to help the Warriors. I think a lot of the guys who are in that not max right. but not cheap range are going to start seeing like yep. what they thought was 15 mil be more like seven or six. Right. And then at what point do you want to just go and, and play with Steph? And just right. get get a good year and then get a contract the year after? Like I think that's – like uh, this. all this is trash. You look at it from a Warriors perspective vacuum of next season. I think that's where Joel Acob, you got you you got a lot of tools. I mean, you got a lot yeah. of stuff that you can spend money on. You might as well spend it because nobody else 
nobody else in the NBA, I think, is going to spend money. Like, who, who – like, the Lakers, the, I guess, are going to spend like, money. The, Laker, the Lakers and the Clippers, if they could. Yeah. But, yeah, that, but that's yeah. it. And the Warriors, full health, like they're right. They're probably right there. Yeah, with those close. guys. They they can they can give seven game series to anybody yeah. if they if they get the right dudes. The question is, if they do keep the draft pick, and it doesn't, it sure doesn't feel like they're going to just based on the lack of positive vibes coming off of like anybody. But if they do mm-hmm. keep the draft pick, I don't know if it's the best idea to get somebody that they think can fit in as like even a sixth or a seventh man, like right now. Oh, yeah, definitely. I you're, think you got to go super high stealing and just start thinking about like when Steph and Draymond are just kind of over the hill and like who's going to carry the load then. That's where someone like Halliburton or actually Anthony Edwards makes sense because like yeah. you can play him next to Steph and Clay. Right. You can play him, and if they're better than you expect, you don't have to worry about getting the minutes because it's all interchangeable on the perimeter. But if they're not, you're also not like – Well, it's not like you drafted a Wiseman and you don't sign a center and you're like, well, if you can't play, we're really screwed. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think you got to go with the highest ceiling ultimately if you do use the asset. And it, it might not be the best option for you short term, but like it is a gift in the sense that if you find somebody who you think actually has superstar potential, and if anyone has found somebody like that in this draft, please let me know because I'm, I'm still looking. But like, if you think that there's somebody who's just, you're certain that if you put them in your system, you have a chance to turn them into, you know, a, a perennial all-star, like you just got to take them. Like you've been given an absolute gift in this terrible record and to waste it on somebody who could, to waste it on like another Eric Pascal type, just feels wasteful like which would be ob Toppin, right you're just like you the, the floor is high but you know for a right. fact like yeah. it's never gonna i would rather amount to dude, more than a nice little rotation piece i mean you're already kind of playing this game with with wiggins to a degree now obviously he's scored 20 points per game in the nba like the floor's pretty high all things considered it'll never be as high as like the number one overall pick status or right. the contract but like he, he's not a bad basketball player he's just an underperforming one based on the expectations other people have put on him but like um i i yeah i, I would rather see the number one pick or whatever it is they got like flame out dramatically um than than never you know even come close to being a star like in terms of potential high risk high reward yeah yeah, i mean i I mean that that's where i think i mean they won't do Lamelo. he's got some he's got high risk he's got a pretty high ceiling i would say but they'll probably do it defense well that's his issue well well and making shots yeah but you know other than the fact he can't shoot or play defense (laughs) sees the sees the floor great not a problem, but I, I they'll probably take Edwards, right? Like if they get the first pick, like that's probably yeah. going to be the guy. Just, just there's just nobody else. So. I think if they were stuck between Edwards and Lamelo, they will take Edwards. I'm they wouldn't even take they wouldn't even take Lamelo if they had the fifth pick and he was there. there there's no way they're taking Lamelo ever. No, they would take. <laughs> I'm actually they surprised. I'm actually surprised they're leaking. They don't like Lamelo because <laughs> I would think the move would be to talk up how you think he has star potential, hoping right like a Detroit or a Chicago who's sitting there with kind of none of those teams have a quote unquote centerpiece player. They want to build around that they (laughs) might get like desperate to trade up. I I think, I think that's pretty fair. Uh, Hopefully they're still in the position to where they, they think that they can get their star come whenever the hell the draft is. Cause again, I I just, even Edwards, like Edwards is, let's just say he's the clear cut number one. Like, He's a six four guard with a six That's eight wingspan. Like yeah. 
the entire league is about superstar wings. Yeah, he's. I mean, but he's got kind of the Wade Oladipo build, where like it's not like guys that size. Well, first off, you can find like guys of any size who become superstars. So just (laughs) no, just naming names doesn't mean anything. (laughs) Yeah, no. I mean, how many other you know six foot four guys haven't made it? But like, I mean, Steph is six three. So, but that's Steph. Like that's the problem. But like, let's be real. Like all Steph did was had to be the greatest shooter of all time. That's the problem. He's that. That's he's (laughs) like. Well, yeah. That's all you got to do. Greatest outlier of all time at his size. Right. Right. No, no big deal. Yeah, he just um, shoots from I, half court. No big deal. Next next one. Who do you think Lakeup? <laughs> prospect who's number one on the Lakeup Ball. big board. You know Lakeup has a big board in his house. You know. There's oh, yeah. No, there's no way he doesn't have a this literal, like, hundred literal foot. big board. Yeah. It's yeah, multiple exactly. big boards. They're all digital. Somebody has to like come in overnight and update With his it. face uh, on it first. That's <laughs> yeah. number one on the list. Just jo- Joe's face. big board. Just big smiling face. It's Ball, right? Like Ball would sell the most tickets. That's, that's what I was going to say. It's, it's LaMelo. It's got to be LaMelo Ball. It's just he's got the flash. Lamelo's the only guy in this. He's got the flash. He's got the the cockiness, the confidence. He's got the guy shoots like he's an actual shooter. Like that. That's all I gotta know. Like he yeah, shoots. He doesn't got, hit the shots like he's an actual shooter. No, like, that's the that's that's what I'm talking about. He shoots like make it rain. He's got he's got the little leg kick. I see him shooting like thirty footers down yeah. twenty. Like the guy. I think the guy thinks he's the best player in the league probably already. It's yeah. just so he's so different from. Lonzo. Can we he's talk also, about that? That's my favorite thing about the internet, where you see highlights of Lamelo, and you're like, "Oh, that's a nice play," and then you look in the corner of the screen, and you're like, "His team is down fifty-eight to <laughs> yeah. eight. and you're like, "Oh, well, maybe I should dig a little deeper into this." Real winning player there. It's uh, that's I I find this all the time with NFL draft stuff especially now because NFL draft stuff is just it's the only thing going it's, it's the, the only, greatest NFL draft talk is the greatest thing it's the it's, only it's sport amazing. and so I think I saw today on like Instagram uh the, I used to cover conference USA football when I was uh, a broke Jesus. boy as well and um it, it scarred me for life but like there's this guy James Morgan who plays for Florida International University a school I used to cover and I actually ended up watching a little bit of his tape just because like I, I knew the school and I, I had seen him a little bit when uh when he was playing just cruising through channels and like, I actually like went through and watched like three of his games. Cause again, what else is there to do? And um, Lord. he's really bad. Like he's really, really not good at throwing footballs in any sort of a, a positive direction. It's uh, it's quite challenging to watch all of these games. Luckily they're cut up so I don't have to sit through commercials and shit. But uh and then I see on Instagram, it's just like, will the Patriots make James Morgan their heir apparent to Tom Brady? And the highlight is like three like marginally positive deep balls all connecting but, with the receiver. And it's just like, how about you show any other play that he's made? Those are the only three good plays. But somehow now everybody's going to talk themselves into this dude. It's the same thing with like LaMelo Ball. Like, oh, he made a really cool pass. It's like, it's, it's, like the, measure, the, it's the measurables though, right? It's it's like the I mean, look, <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky dra- got drafted second. Josh Allen gets drafted high. Like, guys like that get drafted so high, and you're just like, hey, Josh Allen's not bad. Yeah, Josh For well, fantasy. Yeah, <laughs> Josh, Josh Allen is like a shitty Cam Newton. <laughs> really shitty. Cam Newton's a f- one of a gener- once in a generation. <laughs> yes, athlete. Cam Newton won uh, an MVP. But, like, uh, yeah, like Mitch, Trubis- Mitch Trubisky didn't even make, like, all ACC yeah, his, he's his final bad. year. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he, he didn't start until his senior year. And the guy who he didn't start over isn't playing in the NFL. Like, what does that tell you? 
Ryan Mallet. This is the one. equivalent of like Andy throwing up a Instagram mixtape <laughs> titling it like Jordan Poole is going to be a problem and just picking like the 10 best shots. Andy works all for year. clutch points now. Can, can I was just going to say, I was just, those are real things. Where <laughs> that's, that's real. All, that's the entire internet economy. All it is. That's all, like ball is life is always out here throwing some shit up. <laughs> By the way, I don't even know why they follow me, but it's like, they just throw some shit up with the eye emoji. Like Sam just said, they got the little eye emoji. And it's like, what? Uh, what do we do? Actually, I think Sam, that Jordan Poole post literally came out from someone. I think last week. I think you're not even like just saying that. I think that was a legitimate tweet. And it's just, did you watch Jordan Poole play basketball? Did you? It's like we all, we all agree he did have a couple flashes. But like, if yeah. you're selling it, like this little one minute mixtape I made is like representative of how his rookie year went. Look at him. Like he was look John at him Morant or something. The final yeah. minute against the yeah. Clippers in a 35 point blowout. <laughs> Yeah, that little up and under he had on um, I checked out Jamichael Green. Really nice. <laughs> you don't even know the other players on the court. He's just wrecking them. It's like, is that in Santa Cruz? Yeah. <laughs> Although if you're Jacob Evans, you can't even do that in Santa Cruz. So. Um, it is. My, my favorite, real fast, like my favorite thing of the entirety of last year or last season, not this one that we or is coming to an end here, but the, the final one was um, – uh, when Bob Myers goes, just does like an impromptu press conference at the old Oakland practice facility, just about anything. And I'm like, Hey, uh, so you said Jacob Evans was going to be like an immediate contributor. And, uh, what went wrong there? And he looks me dead in the eye and he goes, sometimes you just don't get them right. And it's like the dude hadn't even finished his entire first season yet. And Bob was just throwing him under the bus. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that dude's getting traded. <laughs> I, I, do, I also I also kind of appreciate Bob just the fact he answered that because <laughs> yeah. like the more political move would be like, well you know it's a work in progress yeah. and Bob's look like, at this McKinney guy we got you know <laughs> Bob's like no have you seen him he sucks like get him out of here <laughs> I fucked that one up didn't I boys yeah so he, and, and then next day you have like a quote to one of the beat writers who's like and Draymond was the one who said he's a 16 game player <laughs> um. Speaking of 16 game players, like Marcus Smart, ultimate 16 game player, but you have to go through the 82 ahead of him. <laughs> I mean, that's just, the, it's the same it's as just Draymond. Draymond. It's just the same. You got to get through the 82, but I mean, that's why Steph is there. Just more stuff for Steph to deal with. Not only, not really only want, now. Do you really want Steph to have to play 40 minutes a game versus the Suns in December? <laughs> Marcus Smart, he can, okay, look. This is our has, alternate reality. Marcus Smart. I just love Marcus Smart. I just love saying it in the Boston tone. Um, he's got some offense to him. Plus, um, <laughs> you know, Anthony Edwards, that's, you know, an easy 15 a game off the bench on 35% shooting. Like, I'm not. So is Clay Thompson playing power forward in this lineup? With Small. F- <laughs> yeah, that's you're right, actually. Andrew Wiggins has to be a three because he's so fucking skinny. Like, uh, it's, that's the other thing. Like, on a, on a, on a bad ACL. But I mean, the fours maybe even easier against a bad AC. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to. Yeah, he doesn't have to move as much though. He's just kind of. Yeah. He just just know, go stand but. in that corner. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess the same goes if you even if you get Josh Richardson or Kelly Oubre. Like it's just it's just a really small team. I, it's it's a lot of reliance. You you gotta pray you get Marcus All with the uh, taxpayer mid level. I think is what <sighs> I don't know if that's the Warriors are hoping for. Marcus so, All's real good. Yeah. Yeah. Serge Ibaka, right. like those are some of the other names. Oh, oh man, sorry. Serge Ibaka would be awesome, but doubt that. Time. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of feel like Marcus All might be a more realistic option because he's kind of had a mediocre year. Has he even Although played I, the full year? Like how many games? No, has he, he hasn't. He's Every time I turn games. on the Raptors, he's like being street close. 
whole team. Although that said, that's not also the greatest sell for. No, he'll be healthy for us next when he's older. You know? <laughs> it's also like another. Just give him the Celebrini. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's only he's only played thirteen NBA seasons and has been overweight the entire time. I can't imagine that's yeah, going to be he's an 30, issue. He's thirty five, going on thirty six. Yeah, well, Ibaka is young, as we know. So yeah. it's but hey, Tim Duncan did it right. That's yeah. always the. It's a very. It's cool. Like the entire NBA hasn't changed to become a fast tempo game at all, and and he doesn't have to run the floor. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Actually, Dieter, before we God we. We went like twice as long as I thought on all those topics. This is a tip. This is a typical problem with having me on a podcast, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's great. But um, I kind of wanted to talk with you about this because we've talked about this a little. Yeah. Um, in private or just not on a podcast. Right. Um, it didn't really occur to me how much of the Bay Area media is kind of just born and raised Bay Area. Right. Until I started talking to you. And you <laughs> are, you're, you're from what? You're from Chicago, right? Yeah, I grew up on the, uh, Oak Park, Illinois, so on the Green Line in Chicago, yeah. Okay, I'm going to pretend I know what that means. That's a Chicago suburb? No yeah, yeah, it's the, it's no a, idea what that means. Yeah, yeah, west, is that, southwest is that the Is that the San Mateo of Chicago? Is that the um, it'd be like the da- It'd be like the daily city of Chicago. Oh, so like right across the border. Yeah, just, and nothing but Filipinos. It's incredible. Okay, <laughs> there we go. Mm, interesting. No, it's, oh. it's, it's, it's mostly uh, stocky white dudes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was gonna say, hmm. Huh. Hmm. Andy got all excited there, but um, we'll, we'll no. In terms, in terms of tell him the you can tell him the Asian neighborhoods in Chicago later. Yeah, in terms of the proximity, like it's. I mean, I went to high school, or like my my brother went to high school in the city of Chicago. Like I, I, I grew up three blocks away from the city right. of Chicago border. Like it was is all kind of one and the same. Well, that's that's also a weird Bay Area thing. You'd think like the towns right outside of San Francisco would be where the most people live, but really it's like weird pockets all over the place. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, but that's topography. That's a, we don't have any in Chicago. Yeah, that's a that's a different topic. Um, what I was gonna ask you is, so like, what are the differences in terms of just the way sports are covered in the Bay Area versus what you've yeah. seen in Chicago? In you mentioned Florida earlier. Yeah. Everywhere else. Um inherently it is not like do or die there's no living by the teams here in the bay like if a team sucks people will just write them off because they have better things to do like it's just not that important whereas in chicago even though like i'm lucky i I grew up in a a really great city and it has a ton of stuff to do and it's you know world-class city and all like when it comes to the teams it is all in in this in the same way like philadelphia is or new york or boston like it has that same level of edge so if a team sucks um you're encouraged to announce that they suck like people revel more in the projection of their negativity than they do in like cheerleading whereas here i think people are just generally happier (laughs) and so they don't like the negativity as much and um as a very negative person both by nature and upbringing, like uh, nature and nurture. Nice. Yeah, it's uh, it's challenging. Uh, now. So, so let me yeah. let me ask you a question. So, like, um, the Niners had a great year, right? Um, didn't end the right way no. for them, and Garoppolo did not have a good Super Bowl, right? How would that have been covered? Not a not a great Super Bowl. He had a good Super Bowl. Are we including the fourth quarter and the time he threw an interception with his eyes closed? 
He was on track to win the Super Bowl MVP. Nick, like Bo- was, Nick Bosa Nick was on Bosa track to win was the Super Bowl the, MVP. He went, there was, Nick Bosa was not going to win the Super Bowl. Dude, Nick I was Bosa already was taking a straw poll in no, the no. press box. Nick Bosa no, was going to win that MVP. No, no way. No. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, he would have won. I'm telling you right now, he would have won. And it, it, tr- here's exactly why he would have won, okay? Even if you were just saying 50-50, right? And, and giving... giving Fully understanding that quarterbacks just get the award by default. Like, fully understanding that. They have the ability to have a bigger impact in general. Bosa was the best player on that field until Mahomes threw that pass, and he was the dude who was going to bring him down on third and 15. If he had made that sack, that would have just punctuated everything. He also got held, too. That was. Well, that's the NFL. Like, I hate hate that after the fact. Like, I played offensive line. You do nothing but hold. Have you seen these defensive (laughs) linemen? They're incredible. Like, I don't know how anyone blocks anybody anymore. Like, it's it's physically impossible. I, but Bosa would have won it. Nevertheless, like, Garoppolo did some nice stuff. Um, how that would have, how that would have been handled in Chicago, um, is actually not that dissimilar, I think, from the way it was uh, handled here in the Bay Area. Hmm. Now you're going to get your cheerleaders. Uh, that that's hmm. going to be anywhere. There might sure. there might be you know fewer of them in Chicago. The difference between Chicago and the Bay Area is if the the playoff games before that, when Garoppolo barely threw it, that would the people would have been screaming bloody murder the entire time. Like no one would have come to his defense. Um, even though the, they won, even though they destroyed both games and it was like very clear that like they can't block, they can't tackle us. So why would we even throw the ball? Whenever there's an insecurity, the people of Chicago, whenever they see a weakness, the people of Chicago will find it, amplify it, and then put all of their own personal negativity from being stuck indoors in cold weather onto that. <laughs> like, that's just how it goes. And like, it, it's not, it, it is not a, a coincidence. Like, the Cubs get away with murder in that city, and they have for hundreds of years because it's the summer and everyone feels better because the goddamn sun is out. And like, people <laughs> is that are, why they didn't play night games for like eight years? Yeah, yeah. Like, legitimately, <laughs> like the vitamin D uh, was the only thing keeping that team fiscally afloat. Uh, like, that's the only way you can get. Like, no one, like they bitch and they whine and complain, but now only because there's expectations. But because it's summer and everyone just like going to the ballpark, it was cool. Now that attitude is basically year round over here. Like even when the weather's at its worst, it's better than like a really good fall day in Chicago. Like the entire bear season, we've had two days of rain and I went outside both of them. Right. Like the entire bear season happens in two temperatures, either 95 degrees at the beginning of September or four. It is four degrees outside. You are right on the lake. It is whipping in your face the entire time. And you're just miserable. And like Mitch Trubisky is the reason why you and your wife don't have sex and why your kids hate you. <laughs> and like it's all of this just projected because man, you'd be angry too. And like, yeah, so I, that that's the main difference. I also, let's be real, I'm 31. Like I also grew up in a Chicago where Jay Mariotti was like the dude. And I thought Mariotti was full of shit and I, I really disliked him, but like that was part of the shtick for him. He's like right. a he's like the ultimate caricature of like the old time sports taking right, writer. Right. But we had those guys. Like those guys were built in. And uh it's a big reason why uh <laughs> I work half time for a newspaper now. Like in that those guys <laughs> were uh important figures in in the overall sports landscape and what they said held sway and obviously that doesn't play very much anymore but i've i i that that sort of mentality still 
still holds water. And those guys were always on the attack. And um, I probably didn't internalize it well enough. But uh, it is interesting that, like, I do have to check a lot of the hot takes. And and even yet, still, (laughs) they come out. Like, like what you're saying is instead, like, the take here after the Super Bowl was, like, damn, Mahomes is really good. And right, yeah, yeah like you, Shanahan might have blown it at the end. Right now, I, I, yeah, again, it, the Super Bowl when you have everybody focusing on it and like it sure. was very clear what happened, you can get away with saying just uh, and also like the, everybody's covering it, so you have to say what you think. You can't hedge in any way, but like, yeah, you do. You do feel like the negativity, and the other thing too is around here in the Bay Area, and uh, again, this is only compared to the other markets I've worked at. Like, it does seem like the athletes are a little more sensitive. I don't know what that's about, but like they read it and they know like Clay's given it to me a couple of times in the locker room. Cause like he had a really shitty start like two seasons ago. Maybe it was last season. And I'm like, he's not very good right now. And I think I called him like, uh, what was a big lots brand of Kobe Bryant at one point. Cause he was just chucking the entire game. <laughs> and he's like, he I got, think like, I know which season that was. Yeah. And like, he just like, he like got angry and it's like, well, listen, like I'm not going to stop saying what I think and stuff. But like, I, I never heard that kind of stuff in like South Florida or anywhere like that. Like no one gave that much of a shit, but I don't know. It's just a very different culture overall and it's a protective culture. And I get it because I love it here. I'm never leaving here. Like I, I, I would be, I'm very protective of the Bay area and damn near everything. But like, um, and, and, you know, I, I want it to thrive and I'll, I'll fight the naysayers and all that. But like when it comes to the sports teams, like I've never quite understood, um, the allegiance to them. Because, one, most of them sucked. Like, even the Niners, who have been as good of an NFL franchise as there is, like, when they suck, they really sucked. Um, like the yeah, they War- really didn't do the middle ground thing. No, the Warriors <laughs> The Warriors sucked forever. They had one interesting year when they were at eight seed and won a playoff series, and then Steph comes and changes everything. Like, the Giants won with voodoo magic three times. Like, I, I still have no idea how they won the World Series three times. I guess starting pitching, like... <laughs> And, and now that's led to this fact that like grit, grit, yeah, pretty much. They won on grit. Marco Sc- they won on Marco Scudero and Freddie Sanchez being gamers. They won. They Sir. won during gamers. That's what it was. <laughs> they won during a dead ball era, and uh, because they never struck out, and then the ball got alive, yeah, and they out. were they were done, and they're like, oh, we'll just like double down on grit, and that's gotten them to where they're at now. And like the A's are the ultimate broke boys, and. And the Raiders pretty much too. Like the I, A's, I, the A's revel in their broke boyness, which <laughs> there's no virtue in being cheap. Like I, no. like, like I work for a vulture hedge fund newspaper, and like all the same things are happening with the Oakland A's. <laughs> like it's the exact same business model. Like uh, John Fisher just gets his you know 15 million off the top, and then hope it all works out for you boys on the other end. Like I'll never understand the allegiance to these teams. Like the, these Bill, teams yeah, Billy, don't I know you, love you. I know you built a really nice cheap team, but you're going to have to trade half of them. Yeah. I didn't make money this year. Right. Like, Hey John, how about you actually treat it like, you know, some sort of, I read this great book way back in the day called Soccernomics. And like one of the first rules of owning a soccer team is basically you have to admit that you're going to lose money, that it's a vanity play. And like, that's what I really appreciate about Lakeup. Like, yes, he's making money hand over fist, but he wasn't always. And he lucked into a lot of that money. But now he's going to spend that money because like, he's not in the business of 
building up some nest egg. Like that's his baby. Like he he wants to. He's never been the richest he guy. Built that money to have fun with a sports team. He built that. He built the entire thing so that he could show off to other people in the valley who are richer than him and be like, "Yeah, you might have more billions than me, but like you don't own the fucking Warriors." Like the Warriors, <laughs> like Jed York inherited his team, sort of, kind of, only because his, you know, his fucking uncle got caught uh, bribing the governor of Louisiana. Like, th- I, I, like Al Davis, like reveled in in being a broke boy, and also, you know, like doing. Uh, <laughs> Al Davis, an underrated, interesting character, fascinating like of, character, yeah. fascinating character. Not a great owner. Uh, no. And he, then he peaked in what eighty three max, like <laughs> yeah. pretty much been. You know, gave you a decade of good stuff and two and a half decades of like once once he hit ninety, it was pretty much all downhill. So there was like another forty years after that. It was pretty bad. But um, and then and then you got like the consortium of Giants owners who are just like old money San Francisco snooty as all hell and like fighting against the tide of technocrats that are coming in. I just I don't know. It just never felt like it. Never. This is how all other teams are like run. Like these teams are about profit some more than others. These teams are about um, making money and, and obviously every owner's different. And, you know, again, we, you know, like Lake up wants it for this reason. John Fisher wants it to be an ATM, all that stuff. But like, I've never understood the civic allegiance to these teams because I didn't grow up with it. Uh, I didn't really find it until I got here. And just people are so defensive over the teams. But don't you have a, a level of, uh, at this point you're professionally in the craft. Didn't you have a level of like allegiance to, the bears and bulls in no. your childhood? No. 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 The bulls sucked. The bulls sucked. Like the years that I could start paying attention, they sucked. And like it was clear that you they did, sucked. You did really get in on it like right at the end, huh? I got, I got, I mean, listen, I, I don't. You I got like a year of Jordan. I got, yeah. <laughs> I saw one Michael Jordan game winning shot in person. That was the only bulls game I ever went to. So my dad was on the bulls season ticket waiting list for like 20 years, right? And okay. we, we got one ticket from a friend or two tickets from a friend. And he hit a game-winning shot against the Charlotte Hornets, like the original Charlotte Hornets. I think that was 97. Shout out Muggsy Bogues. Yeah, yeah. And uh, really, it's like four plumbers and Muggsy Bogues. And then, um, but then, yeah, the Bulls go down, and it was the Eddie Curry-Tyson Chandler year. And uh, the Bulls, everybody was giving up their Bulls season tickets. So my dad and I would, like, go to these games, and the entire time, people would just boo this team because they were so relentlessly bad. And Tim Floyd clearly had no idea what he was doing and coaching it. And like, it just felt normal that you would just boo the shit out of the home team. And that just doesn't happen here. It doesn't happen ever. I, I, I think I've heard it like four times and yeah. it's been Raiders games. For, for, for my perspective, that's hundred percent accurate. It's just, it's not that I won't, it's not that I don't like the giants when they suck, but it's like, I got, I'm just not, you got other shit to giants. do. I just, I'm not going to watch the Niners when they suck. Like, yeah. Like, even if it's once a week, I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll catch a half, but you're not getting me to tune into CJ Beat Hard, man. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not like, you miss, you miss the Brian Hoyer era? I, yeah. Like, the, the New England's more <laughs> lucky. The Brian Hoyer era. Uh, uh, I get it, though. Like, I, that's probably a the much Warriors safe... The Warriors different, though. The Warriors different. The Warriors tapped into something. Yeah. The, war, uh, I, war, Warriors well, the probably Warriors used than... to always, their fans used to always boo them, too, though. The, the Warriors thing. are like the I, I one fan base that I back to that yeah. ever again. But. The Warriors are the one fan base that like I yeah, recognized. Like because there's also then the flip side of that when a team's doing really well, it's just like over the moon jubilation, and yeah. like the Warriors listen, front, should, run, front running Hall of Fame city, hundred percent. Like well, no, I mean like I don't know, and like Warriors fans showed up the entire time, and it was a badge of honor, I suppose. Um, 
But like, yeah, well, you're allowed to boo. You're allowed to boo well, if you put it if you put in the time. The difference between Chicago and San Francisco or L.A. or anything is like people don't put in the time out here if the team sucks for good reason. Whereas in Chicago, like in other markets, like you put in that time. It's that. Yeah. Or, or, it, well, that's the badge of honor. The badge of honor is like, hey, I was shitty when they were sucked when they sucked yeah. twenty years ago. Now I'm like extra happy. But it's like. I mean, the happiness just depends on how you, if you want to be happy or not. Like, you could just right. not watch it for twenty years and just be the same amount of happy. I, I will say on the on the uh, the reporter side, um, part of like kind of you talked about Clay Thompson um, yeah. and how he felt when when you know people were writing that maybe he had a bad start. Like that that just that just comes around. That's just because Clay Thompson has never played um, on the New York <laughs> Knicks. Like that that's what it is. Like, well, that's, he's not that, used yeah, to, that, that's like a legitimate yeah. wonder for me. Like the lack of harsh criticism and listen you still get it everybody's it's also dish- an nba thing though too like it's total also- nba thing and like we've been really also- lucky yeah. we, everything's in context right but like i don't know like uh, yeah i mean Jimmy, like we had kd reacting that was, to pretty much the lightest media criticism ever where it was like people are writing hey i don't think he's gonna stay here's how yeah here's how that went right like and the other <laughs> yeah. thing too is it was national and it's a lot of talking heads and they're like i don't know i think that this is what's going to happen they don't have any sources they just heard you know kendrick perkins told them before that they decided to just put kendrick perkins on tv for everyone's no talking to perk man. yeah well that's it's good good job being a source i suppose but um i mean i remember how that went down like i wrote as the third item in sort of a catch-all thing like hey kd hasn't talked to the media in like nine days wonder what that's about and uh, he went ballistic on Twitter and like sent his uh, Stan army against me. And that I think it was a Sunday. And the next day, showed up at the arena and Ethan, uh, I was talking to Ethan and Slater. And Slater's like, yeah, how, how's it feel? That's been like years. And he, he was super cool about it because he's Slater. <laughs> but he's like, he's just like, yeah, you got your first taste of hear it. it. I can hear it. Yeah. yeah Slater's uh, like high voice. Yeah. And then... Uh, and then Ethan's like, "Oh yeah, you didn't say anything wrong." And I'm, he's like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna basically do a follow up there." And that turned out to be the infamous follow. Who are you? Yeah, the who are you thing. And it was like I read it, like, dude, like how how is that poignant? Like, how, it's not like he accused him of anything. It was just like here are some people around the Warriors well, who spoke candidly about the situation and how they don't understand this inscrutable guy and how they're afraid he's gonna leave and like. He pulled the Chicago and just projected all of his shit onto that scenario. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you also had the uh, a good part about that with the fans too is the, the fans always gonna they always protect the players first at least in the NBA they're always like well you didn't have to write this about Katie you felt this and it's like you know the guy was actually gonna leave the whole time and yeah. he did so I don't know what the f- we nobody wins you don't actually win <laughs> no. because you don't I get mean, you don't I get can... to say oh Katie actually left you don't win how anything. many <laughs> oh great how many now this people, team's shitty <laughs> yeah how many people sent you aggressive tweets Andy that like you're the reason Katie left <laughs> like I had so many of them I'm like I don't know what to tell you if you think I'm the reason he left like you should really start asking him some questions yeah, like, like, yeah, he's mad at me. He's not happy with me. That goes for all these other fucking guys that yeah. cover the team or like or around the team. Like, there's no, there's nothing we could. We, look, if I had that much power again, I I'd go win the lottery and I wouldn't <laughs> fucking talk to you guys again. Like, yeah, that's it's just it's. I don't understand. <laughs> I wouldn't blame you. Uh, it, yeah, it's it's totally wild, especially as, uh, doing the NFL really like in earnest more this year. And I'd done the NFL for like huh. a decade now, but like having done the NFL because the Warriors sucked and it's like, well, where should I go spend my time? I'll go down to Santa Clara. Cause that team's good. Like it is wild. Um, how the allegiance is 
so different. The Warriors obviously have like a big Warriors fan base. And I think that fan base doesn't get enough credit nationally in terms of like how vocal and strong it, it is. Like they really are one of the, the biggest fan bases you see it in the TV numbers. Like it, it's, it's a massive thing that cannot be taken lightly. And like those people are now thick and thin, like they're in it for the long run after that five year, five year run they had, they'll put up with another couple losing seasons before this thing tails off. But like it is, especially on Twitter, which is the worst possible like statement, like trying to extrapolate Twitter into real life. But like, it is wild how much of the NBA is just about individual players. The individual players are the teams. Whereas in the NFL, even though you have these incredible individual players, the team nature of the sport is such to where it's all about the 32 brand names and maybe even 33 with the NFL overall. And that's so much healthier for the league. Shout out Rob Lowe with the NFL hat. Yeah. Like it's so much healthier for the league that like, the Pittsburgh Steelers lost both of their quarterbacks this year, but they still contended for the playoffs because they had a, a good operation, a good culture, and a good defense. Like, how good is that for the NFL that they could still put on the Steelers in week 13 on primetime games and know that, one, the, the obviously Steelers fans would watch it, but also like casual football fans would watch it because it wasn't going to be like watching the Browns or some other god-awful <laughs> team. Whereas the Warriors, Steph Curry breaks his hand in game four, and it's like, well, we can never put them on television again. Yeah. Yeah, and well, I, that's just it's inherent just in the sport, sport right? Yeah, it's inherent in the sport, but it's but now when you have this incredible level of player mobility and player empowerment, like my dad had no idea that Paul George was on the Clippers. He thought he was still on the Pacers, and I'm like, oh, that was two teams ago, three three years, three teams ago. Yeah, it was so, two years ago. <laughs> what do you think? Okay, so we we ask this to everyone that comes on. So how much does that is how much does that matters to ratings? Um, that that's a by the way, that's kind of a conversation that. I feel like only the NBA kind of has like yeah. MLB has shitty ratings, but nobody talks about ratings in baseball. NFL, they only talk about ratings to shit on cap. Like if it wasn't for that, <laughs> they never talk about ratings. They had so to I, have it, some metric to they to have explain to shit on him. So, I guess I don't know. Right. So I with the NBA, it's like that, that was the whole thing this season. At, at, well, maybe it's just an online <laughs> thing, but I mean, let's I wonder, let's, yeah. let's start with the sh- like how shitty this season has been for the NBA in general. It starts right. with the Hong Kong thing. So now you already have whatever's going on in China. Uh, it, it starts with China. It ends with China. Like it's really, I mean, they've they've had a real rough go of it. And on top of that, like Giannis is having this incredible season, but no one cares because basically all the pretense has been stripped away from the entire league because of Kawhi and and in LeBron. And now it's all about the 16 games at the end. And it's like one of the, probably the only silver lining of this pile of shit that we have going on in the world right now <laughs> is that so much pretense is being stripped away. Like no one has the time or the energy to like keep up with the act. And the NBA kind of beat everybody to that, like maybe a year or so ago, maybe even two to where, and maybe even the Warriors are at fault for this, for basically just half-assing it throughout the entire regular season the last two years. But it's all about the playoffs now. So why the hell would you want to watch regular season basketball? These guys aren't trying hard. Sometimes they're not even out there. In fact, it seems more often than not they're not out there for legitimate and illegitimate reasons. You don't know who's on which team. Uh, it's, it's, It's a really tough... It's it's a really tough TV show. You have to know the characters on the damn TV show. You I mean, have to know you have to know their background. You got to have watched like the last five seasons of the show. 100%. Nobody 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 wants to watch the first five seasons before getting into season six. But um, I, and with the Warriors too, it's it's they tried in the regular season and they got they got absolutely hammered right. for <laughs> losing. Right, absolutely 
hammered. And, you know, that, that, I mean, obviously that part's on them. They lost. But, like, since then, it's just, there's no point watching the regular season. It's 2020. That happened in 2015 16. Right. right? Like, that was four, four, five years ago where the regular season still kind of mattered. Like, we watched, like, every Warriors game, like, 60 of them were pretty must-watch TV. Oh, man. Um, you, you just, I mean, it was inherently Steph, right? You could say that it was just Steph. Sure. Because every time Steph Curry's on TV, it you could do something some, you'd never seen before. 100%. Yeah. But it was also Steph with the Warriors. Like, it, they were the only team in the league that it felt like they were an actual team. And listen, again, all of that is Steph, and it's just a little projection. But Steph in that system with those players, and everybody had the right role, and it was almost instantaneous under Kerr. Like it all just fit together perfectly, and it made the Warriors must watch TV. Like it felt like a collective effort, even though Steph was the one holding it all together. Now it's like in the league, the NBA doesn't even pretend that it's not the case. They're just like, watch Giannis versus LeBron. Don't worry about anybody else on the court. And Ultimately, and, you know, you and see with improperly analyze why a loss happened for either one. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, they're not arguing. It's just arguing, I don't know, like soap opera digest style as opposed to the actual game of basketball. Like the lowest common denominator that you can. And, so, and doing it and playing into, well, look at the social engagement, but I don't know how you can say they're not trending negatively when no one watches the games. Right. Like the, well, the that's the way that numbers are. It'll they be, are what they are. It'll be interesting to see now and whenever we get there in a post-COVID world, what the media economy is like, because the NBA is basically banking on being future-proof, but the future might be here like now. Like we might have, in, in a, right. another way of cutting all the pretense, we might have uh, expedited the inevitability of a lot of things going down. So I don't know if they're in a position to monetize any of that stuff. Um, and, and I don't think they are. And so in the meantime, you still have the way to make money, make serious money, is putting games on live TV. And the ratings are down. We could talk about that ad nauseum. Uh, the ratings are down because for, for a variety of reasons. But I think that the NBA, more than anything else, needs to get back to a little bit of stability. In the NFL, Patrick Mahomes is never going to leave the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Like right. He is the best player in the league. He's a transcendent talent. He almost single-handedly won a Super Bowl. He is incredible. He is the Steph Curry oh, yeah, What is that, a bottom five market in terms of market size? Unbelievable. So, yeah. It's nothing. But he'll never leave because the NFL has basically put in rules to make sure that he never leaves. And that even if he wants to leave, he has to stick around for like two or three years. And the best the best free agent quarterback, I mean, Tom Brady's kind of washed now, but like the best free agent quarterback in his prime was Kirk Cousins. Like that's just not – and the NBA used to have rules like this. And now guys are basically just saying it's so much money. I'm going to shoot – I don't give a shit about the money. I'll make more money in endorsements or I don't really give a shit. And I'll just go play wherever I want how, for however long I want. Same way KD did when he came over here, and then you know Kawhi and Paul George in, in their situation, like it, everybody's well, super team in it. And well, KD did it again, yeah. Right, like it, it's just not, it's not well, good. It's not good for brands. And the entire well, point of the NBA is it's supposed to be thirty brands, and now it's basically like seven players. <laughs> seven. I mean, and but that that's that's tough because I think part of it is like. Even if Kansas City is a shitty market, Mahomes yep. being the quarterback and the best player in the league in that, it's still like really cool to win a championship in Kansas City. For sure. 
for uh, sure. I, I, but, I, you know, and I get like part of it's like the NBA players are like, look, man, we got drafted to these teams. We shouldn't be like, I don't want to fucking stay in Oklahoma City. It's Oklahoma City, right? Like, right. like I, you get that, but it, so I don't know what the balance is. I mean, you can do the whole contract stuff and KD literally takes a pay cut twice right. to just get away from the team that he's on. So I think, I, I, I think it's a pretty do. simple solution and it, probably not the, the best one considering the current landscape of baseball, but you just get rid of the salary cap, all things considered, and you just let teams become the Yankees. Or Joe the Dodgers yeah. wins again. Joe Lacob wins again. Right. Like you just remove the well, restrictions I mean, and let the, cap, and let but... those teams b- buy their way into success or problems. But at least then you have an established brand. You know what they're about, right? There's not like some weird roll of the dice. There's not some moodiness that upset the entire apple cart. Like if the Knicks want to try to buy their, like you have to just go good front office against good front office. And yeah, some resources will matter and this and that. And and maybe you don't hit a draft pick here or there. Like um, baseball, uh, baseball has created a bunch of different models so that, you know, good teams, if you're, if you're, you know, if you can get ahead of the curve, you can win even against teams that spend, money on money on money but then now baseball's doing a luxury tax thing like i think that's probably the only way to do it is just go like full maybe international soccer more than anything else would be the best barometer yeah, yeah. i mean the end of the day though the the biggest problem with basketball is one that you can't legislate out of there's no like in baseball mike trout's universally agreed to be the best player yeah um his team sucks yeah He's just one of nine no, guys. There's no, yeah. there's no scenario where LeBron can be um, a prime LeBron can be on a team that's god awful. You know, no, that's like true. one player can, one one to two players can legitimately make you a contender. But the entire, I think, I think if you go back to sort of the restrictions with like franchise tags and stuff, like right. The other thing too is it kind of comes back to broke boys. Like some of these owners just don't want to play ball. Well, okay, so that the problem, I, the the thing I've seen too is the NBA loves catering to just well one social media two fucking small market teams they love catering to small market teams they love saying like well if the if the fucking memphis grizzlies are whining all day long like let's just do something to appease them right like let's just like somehow let's move a team from seattle to oklahoma city like what the that's more of a david stern thing though i mean that's not really appeasing small markets as much as it is just giving the team to whoever is going to pay for it because it's not that great of an investment (laughs) <laughs> well, I guess now it is, but I mean, yeah, that, I, is it? I mean, I don't know. I, I actually, ask now, now, it was actually, six months ago. Let's take that one back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, let's take like, that one back. That, that's the thing. Like Oklahoma City is not a major market, yeah. but they had a bunch of you know dudes who got together and sandbagged a team out of Seattle. Like unreal, unreal. And David Stern didn't have a choice. Like he he agreed to sell the guy. He agreed to sell the team to Clay Bennett. Clay Bennett lied to everybody. Not that you shouldn't have seen it coming, but he lied to everybody. No one else is going to buy him. Like they asked Balmer, they had, no one else was going to buy the team because to keep them in Seattle, they were going to have to take you know billions of dollars. It wasn't like the TV revenue is where it is now. I mean, no one saw that that coming, um, and who knows if it goes up or down the next time around. But like, yeah, he he just he just stole a team. And uh, what was Stern going to be like? Oh no, you lied to me. You can't take it to Oklahoma City. Like you have to continue to flounder in, in Seattle, even though we had a great market and let's not forget Oklahoma City was like a really good home for the Hornets when they were displaced by Katrina man there's uh because they have nothing else to do <laughs> yeah a million problems with the NBA we'll uh we'll see what happens uh I think that's I think that's all we got I think that is it I have, Dieter I have hours appreciate left. it yeah we've got appreciate it Dieter actually. this was fun Thanks, man. anytime guys we'll do it again sometime soon sounds good